We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Blogs Podcast, the Bearcast. We are back again. Uh, granted, we are... Well, by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably be a day late. It'll probably be Tuesday. We usually release on Mondays, but... We're in Berkeley time. A whole 24 hours later. <laughs> Is that Berkeley time? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> this was a... I don't know, just to get started, this this was a really boring weekend of like college football. Like, it's... There was, I mean, we'll talk about the other Pac-12 games that happened this week, like, later, but some of these scores, like, were... It was raining all day, and I spent most of my day playing Mario Tennis on N64. That doesn't sound like a bad Saturday at all. No, it was pretty great. Yeah. But I didn't watch any college football. <laughs> I, I, tr- I wanted to until I checked ESPN on my phone, and I saw um, the Utah-Oregon State game. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. 19-14 Utah wins. Like, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but, I mean, that was... I just saw the score, and I was like, you know what? I was going to watch it. Now I don't. Now I really don't. If is that this... isn't cause for people to question Kaufman's job, <laughs> yeah. then I don't know what is. Uh, I Man, don't... Man, that was depressing to look at that score. What were they? Some unbelievably bad... Like percentage. There was not a single. There was not a single touchdown scored in the first half. Yeah, <laughs> by both teams. So their defense ended up being better than we expected. Yet, the offense was like, what was Garrison? He was like, he was abysmal. Yeah, awful. He was, and then he got hurt. Yeah, he threw for under eighty yards, I believe, the entire game, and we let him throw for like one hundred thirty plus, if I remember correctly. So. And he ran for two against us. Right. That was the biggest thing. Yeah. Although I have to give it to Utah. Utah does have a better defense than we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's so. better. Yeah. Uh, the only little, like, the top ten slightly wobbled a little bit this week. You know, Ohio State squeaked out past Wisconsin, like, in overtime, if I remember correctly. Um, although JT Barrett still threw three touchdowns. But, I mean, 
And then a couple of other the top ten games, like there were there were a little bit. I mean, the only like Alabama blew them out, um, and Washington was on a bye, so they thoroughly enjoyed staying at number five in the top top the twenty five rankings. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it seems like that's a. I mean, there's what there's like nine teams that are undefeated right now, I believe, um, or eight somewhere. It's it's somewhere in that range, um, and. That's incredible. Like that, that, that'll be fun towards the end of the season if they're still ranked and they're all undefeated, or maybe all of them have one loss. Who do you take to the college football playoffs? Like it's going to be like a pure headache for the selection committee. I mean, mm-hmm. well, what we saw in the past is they just go with the big conferences. Exactly. Well, they're going to. Yeah. I mean, if if Houston didn't lose to Navy and they went undefeated, right? I think you, that's a surefire get into the, the college football playoffs. But with that one loss to Navy, I don't think their schedule is strong enough for them to to go, what, 11-1 and one and still make it into yeah, – I just don't see it. But Has San Diego State lost yet? I don't know. I haven't checked up on San Diego State. I mean, we could look it up right now. Um, but, uh, it's – I mean, we hope that they – keep winning right because that just makes our strength of schedule look better granted our strength of schedule is already at the number five in the country uh, but hey who knows uh, san diego state is five and one they lost they lost to south alabama the week out two weeks after they played us is that the second straight year they've lost to south alabama i don't know maybe i think you might be right yeah uh they have their number they dropped 45 on us. They dropped 42 on Northern Illinois. Then they lost 42-24 against South Alabama. They beat UNLV 26-7. And then they beat Fresno State just this past weekend 17-3. So, Zach Klein could not mm-hmm. avenge us, sadly. What are you going to do? Uh, but the, I think the one the one like cool thing from this week was uh, Navy is top 25. The midshipmen. It's crazy. They're a top 25 team after beating Houston last two weeks ago. Like, it's, it's unbelievable how they're – they lost uh, the, the quarterback from last year uh, that got drafted by the Ravens, uh, some, Reynolds. Uh, he was uh, – yeah, the, the, the Navy – Allowed him to oh, push yeah, yeah. back his. Uh, yeah. He was like a big draft story. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but he was a Heisman candidate. Yeah. And uh, you know, they were talking about how if he was in, he if he was going to be if he was invited, like they would send the, the what's it the the presidential helicopter. That that that's that's what they were saying is that if he was, if he was picked to go to the the trophy ceremony, which most likely he wasn't going to win it, but if he was in that selection. That they were. That's how he was gonna get there. I was like, that was cool. Like just from that alone, they should have allowed him to go. He didn't get called, but I thought that would have been a cool story. I mean, the guy had a pretty good season. Like, why not just at least invite him at the very least? But yeah, I mean, they lost him, and yet they're a top twenty-five team midway through the season. It's incredible, incredible. That's pretty cool. All right, let's move on to some Cal football talk. Uh, we haven't talked about recruiting for a while, uh, but we have three recruits that committed uh, over the last few weeks. Um, September 16th, uh, safety Tyreek Hardeman 
uh, three-star safety uh, from Laster High School in Marietta, Georgia. Marietta, Georgia. We're, we're, uh, we're building a pipeline from that city. Uh, so he's uh, six, six foot, uh, 186. He is rated at, from Scout as the 107th best safety in the country. Um, and then we have uh, Jordan Genmark Heath, athlete, uh, commit on October 2nd. Uh, he's the 41st best, best athlete in the country. He stands 6'2", 205, uh, Cathedral Catholic High School, San Diego, California. He is the, did I already say that, that he's the 41st best athlete? I think yeah. I did. Okay. Good body. Yeah. Uh, and then Michael Saffel, uh, no relation to Cameron Saffel. Uh, his name is actually spelled differently, too. It's S-A-F-F-E-L-L. Unlike Saffel, Cameron Saffel, who's S-A-F-F-L-E. Too bad he's not allowed Saffel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saffel on Saffel in practice. <laughs> uh, but he's a center. He is the 17th best center in the country. Stands 6'2", 293. Uh, and is from Edison High School in Huntington Beach, California. 17th is pretty good. Yeah. Not, 17 people is not that many people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many centers are in, like, how many centers are ranked? Like, you know, like a, like a wide receiver position, you know, you're going to probably rank, like, the top 300 best wide receivers in the country just because there's so many. I wonder how many centers are ranked. True. Um, but Alex Mack, if I remember, um, wasn't that highly ranked as a recruit. Like, I don't think I've never seen centers in terms of like recruiting, like be a top one hundred talent. Except for the ones that go to Stanford. Yeah, but some of those guys are like right guards that turn center once they get to Stanford too, right? That's I true. mean, I've never seen a lot of I've never seen like a four or five star like center that's like highly touted that like everyone wants. Granted, it's one of the most important positions on the offensive line, which and yet you know. Yeah, that's a good point. It's weird. It's weird. Um, but yeah, we're uh, shoring up that O-line. We're getting more and more athletes. Yeah. And we're getting more and more defensive backs. And <laughs> so we're ignoring the linebacker and D-line <laughs> issues. Actually, I heard that we were in on a pretty good D-line prospect. Uh, we're in on a... I don't know if we're in on a good D-line. We're in on a good linebacker. Uh, we're in on the fourth best offense or uh, outside linebacker in the country. Uh can't remember what state he's from. I, I'm putting my money on either Mississippi or Georgia. Uh, but he tours ACL uh, right before his final uh, high school football season started. So he's recovering from that. But yet he's taking official visits. And Cal is like high, high on his list uh, because he wants to major in business. And he wants to, you know, experience something different outside of where he's from. Um, and he, academics is highly, 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 highly on the top of the list for him. Yeah, especially so, after injury and he like that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, regardless, if a guy like that comes, five-star guy, top five in his position, I'd, I'd say that's a, that's a win. But one guy, I, I've said this a billion times. Just be like Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a, a one amazing linebacker. Yeah. Or two amazing linebackers, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, you, you need depth. Like, it, one guy does, never, does not change a football program. Um, Often, I mean, Deshaun kind of did. But if he didn't have, like, like a long shore, like, throwing to him, like, good enough, decent enough. True. Right? If, if he, he had... Like, mediocre enough. If he had Zach Maynard, 
Would he have still done what he did, do you think? No. Exactly. <laughs> he prioritized football in his life. He spent most of his time in college hanging out with a bunch of my friends. That was not the right crowd to be hanging out with. No, um... No, because Zach Maynard was as inaccurate as Colin Kaepernick. But I think that... Um, I think that Deshaun sort of... He's, there are those differences. So you look at, like, yeah. uh, Leonard Fournette. Yeah. He's, like, a difference maker in that way. You're right, though. I mean, it takes a good old line and, and all that, and it can't, it's not quite one person. It never really... It helps. Johnny Menzel, I mean, yeah, he had a lot of talent on that team, but there was a lot that he brought into that program as a freshman. So there is, like, Cam Newton is the best example. He had basically had no one on that. It's, it was but human. he was like once in a lifetime type talent, so yeah. it's not something that we can expect. Which, by the way, I, whenever Cam Newton comes into conversation, I always, I always have to bring this up. The what ifs of Cam Newton if he had stayed at Florida under Urban Meyer, and Tebow, let's say, had left a year early, and he had stayed like the, the, <laughs> the course of that Florida program would have could have changed drastically. Like they could have had a dynasty by now. You, know, you had Tebow, and then you had, you know, Cam Newton. Who knows? He probably he might not have won the starting quarterback job, but with that talent and what we saw at Auburn, if he were to and that system that Urban Meyer runs is perfect for a guy like him. And if that had stayed, would Urban have stayed longer at Florida? Would he not be the coach at Ohio State right now? Like that's, I I always I'm because I'm a pseudo Florida fan just be, out of the SEC. Like that's the only team I root for. Just because I, I fell in love with the, the Florida team with Tebow and them. Like, it was... In high school, they were just so much fun to watch. Because I didn't have a college allegiance back then, so... Oh, lucky you. I've been sucking down my whole life. <laughs> yeah. And it's something... I mean, because I grew up overseas, so, like, you only get one college football game, that like, on Saturday. Yeah. And it usually wasn't SEC game. and But just, for me, the biggest draw... Of Florida was the, the swamp, the stadium, like how it's built and like how the, the sound funnels down and how loud it gets in there. Like, I was just like, wow, that that would be a team I would want to root for. Like, just the stadium, like the ambiance and everything would be so amazing. But that's neither here nor there. But yeah, Camden, I always think about that. It's weird, but I do. Um, that's it for recruiting. <laughs> uh, there's, you know, a lot of. The coaches were on the recruiting trail all throughout this week. There's actually a map that Sonny put out on Twitter the other day of all the state, like all the cities that they were hitting up. Um, of course, it included Antioch. Um, yes, but oh, of course, guess, guess who's at the uh, Antioch High School football game to watch Najee Harris along with Dykes? Wait, is that where Arba was? Yes. Ah. <laughs> that's where he was announcing the prom or the homecoming queen yeah that's where he was like holding the rope or he was like doing something like on the sideline um, ah dang it Harbaugh stop being so cool I know stop being here <laughs> leave California please let us just please god man leave us be um but yeah we were the coaching staff was everywhere um they were down in SoCal they were up here locally um they were just all over the place, all over the country, um, going after guys. I don't know if I'm allowed to say because a lot of those recruits and like who they were going after, I think were behind paywalls for Cal Rivals, Cal Scouts. So all the work that um, 
Trace does and all the work does. So they don't practice during the bye week? They just take it off? I think maybe the GAs take care of it. It could be the... I mean, because it's, it's just a normal set practice run. Um, or they could go out staggered, you know? Like, if your coach is out, you're you're a little free for that week to rest up. Or, like, those couple days. Hmm. It could be one of those. Um, is that normal? I don't know. But at the same time, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, high school football games are only on Fridays. Yeah. Right? So they could have just easily gone out Thursday, Friday, and come back Saturday. Gotcha. Um, that makes more sense. Yeah, right? They could have been here all week. Left Thursday night, wherever they're going, uh, go Friday, come back Saturday. Because when I was when I was with the team with Tedford, we practiced during the bye week. Yeah, I think they practiced. They did practice last week. We only got one extra day. I think we got one extra day, and we did lighter practices, and then and then picked it back up going into the weekend. Yeah, I I believe today they went in the a.m. Like they were like before seven thirty. Um, so, you know, I don't know how that because works. Because Trey, you know what? I think it was all week because Trey Watson was like, yep, heading back to SoCal. Or maybe that was like towards the weekend. But no, he was down at a lot of at, like, Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the Cal football guys were at their high school football games this past weekend, from what I saw on Twitter. At least the guys that like live in the state. Mm-hmm. A lot of the California guys were. So maybe they did get the weekend off. Like it would make sense if they got Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Maybe they went home, you know, come back. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't mind. Get your mind off of football a little bit, but put them to work. <laughs> <laughs> we got a game. We got a game to win, man. This is a big game coming up. We do. This is this is a really big one. We um, win now. We do. If I, I don't know if we're gonna have a chance to beat Oregon because I'm sure, like Phil Knight is hanging out with Chip Kelly. And being <laughs> like, hey man, do you like dealing with quarterbacks named Colin Kaepernick? No. Come on back to Oregon. Pay you very well, and I'll give you some nice shoes. I saw, I saw like an article yesterday or this morning about how, what if Oregon had, um, what's it, promoted Nick Aliotti instead of Mark Helfrich, and it was just like a what if scenario. Um, I don't, I don't know how that would have panned out necessarily, just because you went in house hire like three years in a row, right? You went from Mike Bellotti. To Chip, and then Chip to Helfrich. Like, it was... was uh, I mean, not three years in a row, but... Or, like, yeah, yeah three, three like, coaching... Three coaches, yeah. yeah, three coaches in a row, all in-house. So I wonder if you do get rid of... If you do get rid of Helfrich, like, after the season, and you they just... They have to be getting rid of him. You think so? This you, did, yeah. you don't think it's just, like, a blip, like, one season? Like, nope. off? You think, you think it's... You think it's on the decline after Chip left? I'll tell you what Tom Ricketts told me, because it's ever relevant now. Okay. Was that they were upset with the Cubs organization because one year they'd be good enough to win the division, and the next year they'd be the worst in the division. And they wanted consistency throughout. So they gave someone time to rebuild the program. They, they, sorry, someone, Theo. Yeah, they gave time to redo the program, acquire trade chips, trade them away, blah, blah, blah. Five years losing, many years winning. But I, I think in Oregon, there's, it's like the same way with SC. There's no acceptable four and eights. There's no acceptable like below. To lose that many games, to lose to Washington the way they did, who they've beaten over a decade in a row. Uh, if they lose to Cal, there's no chance. It, it, this, season, this game means more to both coaches 
than I think any other game for them in the season. Because if Oregon loses, I think Helfrich is out. And I think if Cal loses, then a lot of people will be saying, get out of here, Sonny, because Oregon is at the worst we've seen them since 09. And we can't take advantage of it. So it ends up becoming a very big pressure game. And we're historically awful out of bye weeks. Yeah, awful. awful. Which is why I am so concerned about everyone taking vacations. Everyone remembers the, the UCLA disaster oh, last season. Goodness. Was it the season before where it was the BYU? Off, off of a bye. Off of a bye? Was that the year before? BYU, I think I was in Hawaii, so it was at least during that Thanksgiving break time. Yeah, so it might have been. It could be. Uh, but well, Usually we have the big game cadence, but yeah. it could have been that weird year where we had the big game early. Yeah. No. Well, we always have it early now. We always have it a week before the season ends instead of ending with Stanford. Right, but do you remember that one year when we had it in October? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. That was a really weird year. No one was doing rivalry week except us, like, mid-season. But, yeah, I guess we'll go into Oregon in a little bit. But for now, let's uh, move into some of the other Pac-12 games that happened this week. Andy and I did not watch a single Pac-12 football snap this week. My hot take didn't come true. I'll say that. My hot take. Arizona got whooped. <laughs> All right, no, let's let's, uh, let's let's go through these one by one. All right, the first one, number twenty-one, Utah goes into Oregon State, beats Oregon State nineteen to fourteen. <laughs> this was this was weird. I mean, the halftime score was twelve to zero, like Utah. For Utah, it was it was four field goals. Utah has no offense, other than their run game. I'm surprised Oregon State did that good of a job slowing down their run game. Well, they're, they're, uh, Joe Williams, their they're running back, had 34 carries for 179 yards and one touchdown. That's a lot of carries and not, not... Not that great. I mean, you would assume with 34 carries, he'd probably bust out like at least like 230 or 240. It's better than 14 carries for however many we gave up. To, to, null, to, the, to the freaking fullback. <laughs> uh, he got hurt that game. Yeah, you know what the you know what the funniest part about this game is. So ESPN, when you look at the box scores, they have top performers on the very right. The receiving top performer was Timmy Hernandez for Oregon State, one reception for twenty six yards. Wow! <laughs> so that tells you how this game went. Wow! <laughs> I'm glad we respected the pass so much. <laughs> that's, uh, that's wild. Was it bad weather? or Was it good weather? It was. It was decent. It was pretty good. Um, it was a little. I think it was raining a little bit. Uh, I did see people wearing ponchos, uh, just in, in little Twitter pictures that I saw on from Pac-12 Network. But other than that, it didn't look like it was like you know the monsoon game w- with us against Oregon three years ago. Like that was disastrous. Um, but yeah. Uh, all right, moving on to the next one. USC uh, <laughs> goes to Tucson. <laughs> Pummels Arizona forty eight to fourteen. Where was your boy quarterback? I don't know. He's not playing. My boy at quarterback. Yeah. For Arizona. You said Brady White is there, right? Yeah, he's not. He's at Arizona State. Uh, <laughs> that was my mistake. I had a total like football brain fart like in that split second. I was like, why? Why is Khalil Tate starting? Why is it not Brady White? Until a, a bunch of people tweeted at me saying. Yeah, if, it would be if this was a issue. And I was like, that's on me. That's totally on me. Sorry to bring that up. Yeah, that's totally on me. Yeah, it wasn't a good <laughs> week for me this week. Uh, but Sam Darnold, USC's quarterback, threw for threw five touchdowns. 20 of 32, 235 yards, five touchdowns. 
Bobby called it. Yeah. He said USC would write the ship just in time to play Cal, and boy, was he right. Goodness. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, nine receptions, 132 yards and three touchdowns. But at the same time, they did – maybe they did write the ship, but the, they still it, – it was to an 0-3 Arizona team who's two now 2-5 two and five on the season, 0-4 in Pac-12 play. So, like, not necessarily – you know, they didn't beat, like, even a mid-tier team. Did in... Arizona almost beat Washington? Uh, yeah. Did they? This season? Yeah. Like, that was the game that went to overtime, right? I was watching that. Did they? Did Just, they? Anyone can beat anyone in this league. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's like, literally, nothing matters. It's anyone's game. No, that wasn't this year. Or, wait. No, it was. It was. Washington at Arizona, 35-28. In overtime. Uh, I believe so. I think I watched that here. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. When we were, when we were eating uh, chicken and stuff here <laughs> while watching football. Uh, yeah, that was that game. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they had that one little high point. Now they're, now they're back down there. So, I think our power rankings that you – know, the guys do. I think Arizona is. I I looked at the um, the ballots for this week. I think other than one guy, all of us had Arizona at the very bottom of the Pac-12. So was the other Oregon State? Yeah, the other guy had Oregon State at the bottom. But I gave him. I gave him. I put him at eleven just because they beat us. And or and Arizona still doesn't have a win. In Pac-12 play. So okay. So yeah, there's that. Um, so I guess we'll see next Thursday. Oh Lord, have mercy on us! All right, the next one. Oh, this one was this one like had. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stanford at Notre Dame. Stanford wins seventeen ten. Stanford rallies from ten points down. So they were down ten to zero going into halftime. And they classic. scored nine points in the third, and then eight points in the fourth, and they won it. That's a classic Stanford game for you. Yep. Yep. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser, who, you know, everyone thinks is a really good NFL or like pros, NFL prospect, 1426, 154 yards passing, two interceptions. And Bryce Love for standard for Stanford, 23 carries and 129 yards. By the way, McCaffrey's still out. McCaffrey's still out. Nope, did not play. Back? Yeah, it was. I mean, he had that back brace on two weeks ago and um, mid game. It was it just he didn't take it off. Like he was trying to work it out. Um it didn't work two weeks ago, so maybe, yeah, maybe he's uh, still working through that. So, if we're going to win, I'd rather it be with him healthy. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather, yeah, I might get I might get a lot of flack for this, but I'd rather lose to Stanford against McCaffrey um, than to beat Stanford without McCaffrey. I don't know if I... Totally agree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of people wouldn't agree, but I think I'll take. You might take the win. I mean, I would rather win against a healthy Stanford team. Yeah, but I would still rather take win. the win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, if you if you if you had if you had polar opposites, right? If you only had to choose one or the other, either way, I'm winning. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is true. This is true. Um. All right, moving on to the next one. Arizona State at Colorado. Colorado wins forty to sixteen. This was a 
This I saw the box score afterwards, and I, I said this was Arizona State implosion. Like this was <laughs> this was just disastrous. I mean, Arizona State scoring wise, first quarter seven, second quarter three, third quarter three, fourth quarter three. Whereas Colorado, seven, sixteen, ten, seven. Like the that'll win. I mean, that's the whole bend not break attitude, right? Give them threes, you score touchdowns. Like it's I can't even begin to explain how bad that Arizona State loss was. Yeah. We should have won that game 48-24, to 24, and we lost. It's, uh, it's unacceptable. Todd Grant's probably going to get fired. Yeah. I I would even put – I'd put both Arizona coaches on the hot seat right now. Mm-hmm. I think Rich Rod is in like the – that's a mess too over there. It's – Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only good thing about those two Arizona schools is that they at least have their basketball programs, right? Kind of? No, it's not going to give them any momentum. I mean, Arizona, I really two scout. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing good going on in Arizona right now. Oh, please, Lord God, please. All right, we'll talk about that later, though. Um, but yeah, I'm. Are you, are you happy or sad that we're not playing Colorado this year? Well, I'm starting to get a little sad that we didn't hire Mike McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would have been cool. I I thought I like playing Colorado because it's it would be fun to go up to Boulder for a game, and it'd be fun to see. I mean, the last game I was at when Colorado came into town it was just yeah, that crazy. was that was mass chaos. So I, it would be fun to see the offenses stack up against each other, and um, I think both teams are young enough where you kind of see them fade in the moment, like. Colorado did against Oregon, so they don't have that like, oh, we've beaten a big opponent multiple times type of confidence, and so anything can happen in that type of game. So for me, I think it would be one of those finishes where I'd imagine it come down to the wire, high scoring game, classic, you know, maybe Cal Texas variety, and oh, one God, no. break. I don't need more heart wrenching wins or losses. Like I don't, I don't think we're getting out of this <laughs> rest of the season without. A heart wrenching win or a loss. Ugh. Yeah, I'm, every I, single game has been exactly that. Like I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm going, all right, the Oregon game probably going to be heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. The USC game most likely will be heart wrenching. Yep. The Washington game is going to be heart wrenching because we're going to get destroyed. Yep. Um, and then the Stanford game, I think, is going to be. I See, still think a, we're going to win. I still think we're going to win, too, but I think it's a toss-up at this point in terms of is it going to be heart-wrenching or not? Oh, uh, it'll be heart-wrenching. Are you going to be heart-wrenching? <laughs> and the last one against UCLA. We're going to win that one. I think we're going to I think that we're going to win that one handedly. Man, that's, that's kind of crazy. Mora, Graham, Richrod, Helfrich. Helfrich, yeah. All theoretically could lose their jobs. Four of some of the pro- most prominent Pac-12 coaches like over the last three, four years, right? Yep. All on the hot seat. It's a good thing we're not in the market, I suppose, because that would be a pretty crowded market. People forget that th- this Oregon team, just a handful of years ago, went to the national championship game. And that was Helfrich at the helm. With Mariota. Yeah. yeah. That's like Bill Callahan taking the Raiders to the Super Bowl. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, you do have a point. But I'm still, regardless, I'm still saying he was still the head coach when they went to the national championship game. Fair. Like, you Fair. know? 
I think when you get handed Marcus Mariota in college. Well, and that defense that they had at least back then. Mm-hmm. You it's know? kind of tough to mess that one up. I don't know if uh, – I, I might be botching this, but I think – well, they had Eric Armstead. They had um, DeForest Buckner. I believe they still had Patrick Chung back then, like at least for like a year. What about Deion Jordan? Oh, yeah, Deion Jordan. Yeah, they had Deion Jordan too. That's right. So there you, there you go. That, oh, Kiko. Kiko Alonso. Yeah, Kiko. Um, any other guys I'm missing? Oregon products? No, our linebackers are corner. Yeah, I can't think of any, anyone else. But yeah, that's that alone. That look at that NFL talent right down the spine of your defense. Starting from the D line, middle linebacker, back safety. And you lost all that, and you never recovered. So, all right. Uh, the last one, Washington uh, UCLA goes to uh, goes to Pullman to play Washington State. Washington State wins twenty seven to twenty one. Almost blew it. Almost blew it. They did. I'm. I'm thoroughly shocked. Washington State, I thought, was going to implode at the beginning of the season from what it looked like. They do it every year. Yeah. They did it last year, too. Yeah. And then now they're 3-0 and in Pac-12 play. That's crazy. It makes, uh, it makes me have hope for our team because of Mike Leach mm-hmm. and Sonny coming from that tree. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot about us playing Washington State, too. Yeah. We've won the last two times. I don't know these next two times. Don't I don't know. Two times ago was this, like... Pure luck. <laughs> Pure luck. Pure luck. Pure luck. All right. I guess we'll go into this Oregon game. Uh, so Cal is playing Oregon this upcoming week, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. It is a Friday night lights game in Berkeley. All right. What are we looking at? The line is stands at Cal favored by three. The over-under stands at 87.5. 87.5? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> and it's supposed to be 72 degrees and sunny that night. That is that is gorgeous weather for football. Granted, we'll be in the box. So it, won't be, it, we will, it won't really matter. <laughs> won't matter. I've begun to realize that well, since we're in the box, like, and this is not to be snobby, but it's so much nicer to be not be in the sun, like, in the young alumni section or, like, you know, the student oh, section. You're crazy, man. Part of me still wants to be out there celebrating. Yeah. I'll never get used to not cheering because it's that's something I've been doing forever. It's the wins that you want to be in the student section for, but it's the losses where you don't want to even be in the stadium. At least this season wise. Like it's it's one of those like it's they're so polar opposites. Well, like, we haven't lost yet at the stadium. That's true. We still haven't lost yet at, at knock on wood. Um but yeah, let's let's go over this. What what do we need to improve from this offseason going into this game here? What do you think are the some of the play from the off week? Yeah, from the bye week. What are what do you think the coaching staff has been doing these last two weeks? Like, what are the things that they've been emphasizing? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, to some degree, you'd want to just immediately point to the defensive side of the ball and be like wrapping up guys, not going for the strip when you should just go for the tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to maybe get a little bit more of a pass rush or something that can disrupt one dimension of the game to force a team to be more one-dimensional and then being able to pounce on it. At the same time, I still feel like we're kind of hurt. Like, we don't... Losing Rambo was, I think, a bigger deal than anyone maybe thought at the time um, because he's really good and he has a ton of size. And then forcing um, Rubenzer to play a lot of snaps is... Proven to be something like he's a good good ball hawk, but 
bad when you need him to be a, a safety that makes a ton of plays and tackles. So long-winded answer is I am I would bet that they were probably doing a lot of what they were already doing all year long. I don't know if at this point you say scrap the playbook, like let's focus on how to tackle or you know focus on uh, you know diff- changing too much stuff up. I bet they kind of said you know relax, get your body right, come into this, get your head straight, and let's focus in on Oregon and make the plays we needed to make in order to win this football game. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I mean, I've, I've, we talked about this last week too, right? It's just the tendencies that you build in terms of habits. And if you've already done that through spring camp, you've done that through summer workouts, you've done that through fall camp, and you, you've probably done that the first six weeks of practice leading up to games, you're not going to change that and expect it to be like a snap of your fingers and click your heels three twice and all of a sudden everyone's doing everything perfectly. Like, it's, it's just not going to happen, right? So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I didn't, like, I've begun to look at our defense and go, we gamble a lot. Um, and not in the sense that, like, you know, we try to chump routes and things like that, but we gamble in the sense that instead of, you know, just making sure he's down, you know, with second and, second and six, like, we try to strip the ball which ends up resulting in a second and three, right? Like it, and that's the little little mini gambles that we go for. We give up like the three four yards to try and go for a turnover instead of trying to regroup and get that little extra space. It worked so well last year. It did. I think almost to a fault. Yeah, I mean, because we were leading the country in takeaways uh, going into that Utah game, like that. I was so impressed by that, but then of course that was false, and that that ship sank real quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for this week that we need to work on is health. We need to get guys healthy. Uh, there were some cryptic tweets this week, like Trey Turner had a really cryptic tweet, something about like something you know, needs to change. Yes. Oh no, that was uh, that was Design Grace. I think that was Des- was that Design Grace. No, was that Trey Turner? The one who was like, he was talking about, the one I sent you, it was like, uh, a change, change needs oh, to be made, yeah, it's change, obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's obvious to everyone. Yeah. It's like, um, are you referring <laughs> to self-reflection? <laughs> is this yeah. bigger than that? There was also like a Trey Turner cryptic one where it's like something about like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, become better and get stronger, something like along those lines. And a lot of people on Twitter were wondering whether he was injured, um, and because of what he said, but I mean, there hasn't been any comment about it yet, so I guess we're waiting on the, the injury report for next, from like probably tomorrow or, or Wednesday. Actually, that what tomorrow would be Tuesday, so yeah, Wednesday or Thursday, I'm assuming, is when the injury report would come out. So we're waiting on that one too. So if we lose, if we lose him too, then in terms of nickels, that means someone else has to step in and play. Which the obvious choice would probably be, I think, Travion Beck. Um, I don't see anyone else stepping up to take that. I mean, he's played well in fall camp. But that means that means another true freshman is playing as the backup, right, to a senior. That's a big gap. And that's that's part of the reason I think our safety depth has, like, gone, like, 
we thought we had so much depth at DB. We did. We did until we did, we didn't realize what the drop off was from Rambo to the next guy. Yeah. Because it forced, like Rubenzer's good, right? But I think he's good as a number two safety, right? He needs if he plays next to a guy like Rambo, it works, right? If he plays if he plays with with Vanderbilt, it doesn't work. I think they're too undersized. But then. With losing Rambo, now you're playing Rubenzer, you're playing Vanderbilt, you're playing Jacob Anderson, who's a walk-on, and you're playing Jalen Hawkins, who uh, wretched last year due to injury. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's hard to imagine. It's just kind of cra- that's That's what I'm saying. It's like, people say that we're relatively healthy, and I also think, to some degree, yeah, definitely on offense. Yeah, I mean, in terms of bodies, yeah, we're healthy. Like, in terms of, you know, sheer number of people, it's not like we're flipping corners into the safeties because we were unmanned. Not yet. Not yet. Knock on wood. Um, but if you were to, in an ideal world, you'd have Demarie and Griffin Pyatt in the mix too. Yeah. Um, and I don't know where my boy Malik Solomon's is at. I'm waiting for him to appear. Yeah. But I think he, I don't know if he's, Safety at all. No, I think he's, he's, he's played a little bit of corner, but I think Josh Drayden has definitely leapfrogged him in terms of playing that other corner side. Yeah, he's been nice. And he's been real good. So he's made some freshman mistakes, but those are growing pains, right? He, he'll he get to the point where he, like, the big thing that caught me was he doesn't turn around when the pass is thrown. So he'll get calls for the PI because he's just waving his hands up in the air instead of turning around trying to swat the ball down. Um, like it's just one of those. It's just those little small things. But he'll get that with experience and as he gets older. But otherwise, his instincts of reading and keeping up with the guys and and reading guys coming out of their breaks and playing press, like he's done everything pretty outstandingly well. Um, especially these last two games when Allensworth wasn't fully healthy. So there is that. All right. So those are things that I, we believe that we should work on. All right. Who's your X factor player or position group for this Oregon game? What, about, what does our victory hinge on, in your opinion? What tilt it does? Offense. Um, if you want anything more specific than that, yeah, the passing game. Okay. I think the passing game has to come back. It's blatantly obvious in the games that we lose. The offense goes and starts to fade away into the night, and so does the rest of the team. We have an offensive identity with this football team, and the defense can give the offense – the ball enough times to win the game, but if the offense doesn't capitalize on it, it becomes a very tough game for us to win. So I think they set the tone, and if they can set the tone early and often, then the defense has an opportunity to sort of not feel like all the pressure's at their back, and good things can happen when people get to be a little bit more comfortable. Not easing up, but being more comfortable, uh, not feeling like all the pressure in the world's on them. So I think the offense has to dictate pace of play. We have to establish the ground game um, against a very vulnerable Oregon defense. And if we do that and put ourselves in a position where our defense can have some faith that maybe if they miss one play, it's not going to be the end of the world, then we'll be in great shape all game long. If we come out, go three and out, like if we did that BS freaking offense that we had in or- at Oregon State, then this game is not going to be any fun to be at. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking through these stats right now, right? And scoring offense, Cal is number two in the Pac-12, 42.3 game. Oregon stands at number five, 
at 36.8. Scoring defense, Cal is 11th in the Pac-12 with 40 points a game. Oregon is 12th, 41.8. So judging by that, we should win. Um, but you look at total offense, Cal is number one. They average 530 yards a game versus Oregon, who averages 494. It won't matter if Oregon's running at six yards a clip and dominating time of possession. Exactly. If that is the formula to beat this Dykes football team, then we will lose every single game from here on out. Yeah. If teams can run at six yards a six yards a clip and control the entire ball and say we're going to run it down your throat until you prove that you can stop it, and we have proven time and time again that we cannot, the offense isn't going to be able to get the ball, and they're going to it's going to be the reverse effect of what I just described. The offense is going to feel the pressure that they have to score every single time because they're getting so few opportunities, then, and they'll start playing scared. So here's here's to your point, and this is why I think we might lose this one. The Mr. Royce. Yes, the rushing offense for Oregon is number one in the Pac-12. They average six point one yards a carry. They have twenty touchdowns. They dwarf they dwarf the next up the next team. Washington is at twelve. Oregon has twenty rushing touchdowns on the season so far. And they average 257 yards a game. Cal, rushing defense, dead last in the Pac-12. They give up 5.9 yards per carry, and they've given up 22 rushing touchdowns on the season. What's the next team? Up, Oregon. They've given up 20 touchdowns, 238 yards a game. And their average given up is 5.6. So... By that standard, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. I really don't. Actually, I take that back. Arizona State actually has 18 touchdowns on the season, but they average far less yards per game. So, yeah. Uh, but here's another little little statistical anecdote for you. All right, California is ranked in the Pac-12, the number one pass offense in, in the league. We average 377 yards per Per game through the air, an average of 7.5 yards per attempt and 22 passing touchdowns. Okay, versus Oregon's pass defense, which is 11th in the Pac-12. They give up 284 yards per game and 15 touchdowns, 7.4 yards per play. If they start the freshman, then we have a chance. Right. So I guess it, it comes down to who they start at quarterback. Mm -hmm. And, you know, judging from this past week, you know, we, we won't know because they didn't have a game. This past week. They had the bye week, too, to set up. So, who knows? Maybe they do go back to Prukop. Um, at, in my objective, just looking at it, if I was an Oregon fan, I'd say, like, why the hell not? Like, why the hell not start a freshman? Like, we know it's not working with Prukop, like, till now. We can't try to salvage anything now. Like, at least give us some type of glimmer of hope going into the rest of the season, right? I mean... I was watching Monday Night Football today, and I, I believe all the Jets fans on Twitter basically cried out for Bryce Petty. Because at this point, it's like, why are we starting Fitzpatrick or Geno Smith? Like, why not just give it a shot with either Bryce Petty or Christian, or Christian Hackenberg? I think Hackenberg is the other guy that they drafted this year. So, like, why not at this point? Season's lost anyways. Like, at least build for the future. Although, I don't think Morgan season's lost quite yet. But... I don't know. I, I, have you seen their SB Nation page? It's scary. <laughs> like, what? the comment section is Addicted quite... Addicted to quack? Yeah. It's quite scary. Um, 
they had to write a post the other day. Like the writers had to put up a post saying like, please don't abuse our writers. Like harassment and like harsh comments to the writers. Like, you know, criticism is fine. Constructive criticism is fine. But like it, it was that type of article telling them like, please stop doing this. Um, yeah, it was bad. It was like a total meltdown on their page. And just on that article alone, right, that, you know, constructive criticism, all that article, there's like 250 comments. <laughs> it's insane. Insane, I tell you. Insane. See, that's where we stand. And I don't know. I don't know how this game is going to go. I think we know. I think we know exactly how it's going to go. You, okay. How is it going to play out? Exactly like that. Both teams... They're going to run the ball a, 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 a lot. Crap ton. And we're going to try and get after their defense in probably a very similar manner, given that they're just as bad as giving up to the run. Offensively, Helfrich is, is a genius coach, in my opinion. And if he sees something working, he's going to keep doing until it fails. Mm-hmm. Like, unless Royce starts fumbling the ball every four times he carries, like, you're just going to keep handing it off to the running back. And if he gets six yards every time he touches the ball... You're just going to do that, do that, do that until you keep scoring. Royce is for sure my player to watch. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any other option for Oregon. No. Watch Royce. Yeah. It'll be fun. If you're a football fan with no vetted interest, it'll be fun. Um, all right. And then we're just going to pass the crap ton and try to take the top off that defense. And we're going to score early and often, in my opinion. We're going to hit the ground running, and then we're going to sputter. And then we're gonna squeak it out. That's it. That's your prediction. That's my prediction. The over under is set at eighty seven point five. I don't know how I would spread that, but it could be fifty thirty, right? It, but it also could be forty two to forty five. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those. Yeah, uh, we're definitely not gonna win by. 20 or anything like that. No. It's not in our DNA. Nope. That's pretty much... That's that's about it. Some interesting stats, though, right, about this... About Cal. So, Kyle Bonagura, who writes uh, for the Pac-12 blog on ESPN, he was on Twitter earlier uh, tonight, and he was just asking people, any, like, interesting Pac-12 stats you want me to look up? Just so, you know, just because I have an... In- internal ESPN statistics like finder that he can look up a whole bunch of different stats. So he looked a whole bunch of stuff up and here's some of the Cal ones that he wrote. When running inside the tackles, all right, someone asked him about UCLA and running in the tackles. So he said when running inside tackles, uh, UCLA averages 1.27 yards per attempt, all right, in conference games. Cal is the best in the Pac-12 averaging 6.02 yards per attempt when running between the tackles. It's such a deceptive stat because I feel like a lot of the times when we rush the ball, we'll have that good first six-yard gain, and then we'll go for it again the second time, and then we'll get, like, stuffed, and then we'll put ourselves in that third down. If someone was like – someone asked me, like, do you think that's padded from the Oregon State game? I don't think one – we're six games into the season. I don't think one game could have padded that stat enough where – Well – You think so? Just having 200-plus yard rushers doesn't necessarily mean we're going to – it should have bumped our average up that high. Like, right? It, it wouldn't have scaled it that much. Mm, yeah, you're right. Right? You're right, but I still think that 
I mean, it definitely would have padded it a little bit, but I'm not saying, I'm just saying we just couldn't have, we couldn't have jumped from like four to six or something like that. Like it's, it, it would have been like 5.5 to maybe six. Yeah. So we were still far beyond better than UCLA running between the tackles. Is what I'm saying. So I don't know who number two on that list is and how close it is, but that would be that'd be something I wanted to know. Um, some other little fun stats: Cal wide receiver Demetrius Robertson has 40 targets this season. The pass to all 40 passes to Demetrius Robertson averages 17.95 yards in the air. That is number one in the Pac-12. You think we're going on go routes to him? Uh, go routes, fades, post routes. That's pretty much it, right? It's like a it's like a forty yard down and in. Is <laughs> what we're running with it. Uh, next, I, this one hurts. All right, defensive yard per play. Okay, on third and short. So that's three or fewer yards. So how many yards do teams give up on third and short? Uh, Washington is number one in the Pac-12. They only give up 2.32 yards when it's third and short. They hold them on average. Interestingly enough, Cal is number two at 3.51 average. So you're still giving up the first down. But that means, you know, if this was, if we're just making a standard deviation chart with that as the average, 50% of the time, if they're within three yards of the first down, they're getting it. The other 50, they're not. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, third down catches for first down. Far and beyond, Chad Hansen has 11, number one in the Pac-12. And then there's like four or five guys, including guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, tied for second. With so, eight, right? With eight, yeah. So those are some interesting, interesting Cal facts. But yeah, anything, any of those statistics stand out to you? No, no, I think they're all interesting. It's interesting we've been in the third down situation so much and had to throw to Hanson. Like, I think there's a lot. I mean, just specifically, you think about all those times we're pinned back and we throw it up to Hanson on these like prayer plays and he comes down with it with the one leg in the sideline. We're like, oh, how did he do that? And then well, it's funny how, how much we depend on it. Yeah. And then the the one where we give up the, I think the most interesting part about the one where we only give up He's, you know, second best. The third and short. Third and short. Mm-hmm. It was that I, I just don't know how often we see it. Uh, yeah. If we stop it. Yeah. If it's like more that we're giving up such big gains on first and first down and second down, and people are usually getting like first, you know, they're not usually getting third and short, and then when they do, like we know that they're going to run the ball, so we stack the box, but then we still give up the first down anyways, and. And so it looks like a good stat from us, but in, act, in actuality, the sample size is incredibly small, and sec, first and second down, it's you know the, terrible. But. but I think also one one stat that has to go with this stat is how many times have they converted on fourth and short? Sure. Because if we, if we stop them 50% of the time on third and short, and they don't get the first down, and if they're inside or 50, they're most likely going for it. And I'm, I mean, this is just eyeballing it from how the games we've watched – Seems more often than not that they do get it on fourth down too. They get like one or two times. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that would be a stat I want to know. How many times on fourth and short have we? How many yards do we give up on fourth and short? So because if it's three point five one here, but then on fourth down it's like you know five point five, then that that's useless. It's utterly useless. 
All right, let's delve into some other Pac-12 games uh, for later this week. Actually, let's, your prediction for the Oregon game? You have a score prediction? No. Right. I might have stain. You might have stain for this one. All right. I, I don't know, man. I'm very much on the fence. I think that I'm gonna go. <sighs> I'm gonna say it right now. My hot take: fifty thirty-five Cal wins. And you've never lost. That's my hot take. If you want to abstain, you can abstain from this week. That's fine. This one's a, this one's a, this one's a clearly like need to win game. So yeah, you you don't need to. You can abstain. There's no op- There's no losing option. <laughs> <laughs> if we lose this game, there's gonna be a very angry version of this podcast <laughs> going down on Sunday. But if you if we win, we're cracking open the victory beers. Mm, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we're cracking and open. having some duck. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, the next one. Um, Saturday, October 22nd. Uh, these, we'll just go over some of the Pac-12 games that are happening this week. Andy, tell me if you're interested uh, or not, uh, since we don't have a game on Saturday. So we can sit at home and watch. Uh, <laughs> October 22nd, 12 p.m. on Pac-12 Network, Colorado at Stanford. Go bus. The line actually stands at Stanford by two. By a safety? When was the last time that? <laughs> like, I don't, like, how do you put it at two? When was the last time Colorado won in Stanford? I don't know. I, I wish I could look that up, but I can't. All right, the next one. Uh, 1 p.m. Pacific on Fox, number 19, Utah at UCLA. Utah. Utah? Yeah. Easy. Count UCLA out for the year. Yeah. They're 1-3 in three impact to play. Who would have thought that, really? Did you think that they, they were going to have an off year like this? I've said on ESPN Radio that I don't believe that. I was like, Jim Moore does everything he possibly can to lose games that he should win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. 3.30 p.m. on Pac-12 Network. Oregon State at number five, Washington. Hot take. No hot take. <laughs> no hot take. No hot take. You know what the funny thing is? The line stands at Washington by 36. And I looked at that and I said. 36? Yeah, and I said, only? <laughs> 36 yeah. is a lot. Yeah, but only? In conference play, you don't think it's gonna be like fifty to fourteen, like fifty to ten? Is Oregon State on the road? Yeah, they're in. They're in Husky Stadium. Mm-hmm. And I said thirty six only. All right, whatever. The, the crazier part is on StubHub. You can see it right here. Um, the tickets, the lowest, the cheapest ticket is sixty bucks. Wow, for that game. Well, yeah, you gotta believe that. Yeah. They're pretty highs up there. I mean, even the Cal, the Cal Oregon Oregon game this week. I looked up tickets. The cheapest I can find is forty five. That's pretty good. It's not bad. All right, and then the last one of that of this weekend is seven p.m. Pacific. Washington State as Arizona State on Pac twelve Network. Washington State. Washington, yeah, Washington State is the favorite by seven. That's not bad. Yeah. There you have it. That's it for that's it for football. Um. Couple of notes, keynotes. Uh, Ira Lee, twenty seventeen. Power. These are some basketball little notes. Ira There's Lee. no bigger keynote in yeah. Rob's life right now. Yeah, Ira Lee, twenty seventeen. Power forward. He likes all your tweets. He does. Weirdly, uh, he is deciding uh, which school he will be committing to this week. The decision is coming this week. He just tweeted out yesterday, so it could be later tonight. It could be tomorrow. It could be. Friday during the Cal game, who knows? Um, but yeah, that's when he is committing. Uh, he's currently choosing between the University of Oregon, Arizona, or Cal. So 
any way, in any way, whichever way this goes, we will see him play in Berkeley. So would you still wear the flag if he went to Oregon or Arizona and then came in? I think I would wear it more if he went to Oregon than Arizona. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't think I could ever root for Arizona basketball. But Oregon, on the other hand, in terms of basketball, it's like not there's, – there's not much of a hatred there, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> like in football, like, you know, like there's so much more of a – of a rivalry type thing that we have against Oregon just because they're, like, perennially so good. But, I mean, it's not like Oregon's perennially good at basketball. Like, it's just they won the Pac-12 last year, but that... It's like, pretty good, though. Yeah, they were good last year. But it's not like they're they're constantly in the race to win it every year. I don't think... I mean, Arizona's constantly in the race to win it every year, right? Yeah. And UCLA was constantly up until, like, maybe, like, a three-, four-year gap over the last three, four years. They were constantly in it to win... And, I think, well, I mean, this is my basketball page, but I think UCLA, hands down, is far and beyond the most talented Pac-12 basketball team. Um, really? Mm-hmm, this upcoming season. If you were just to stack the starting fives, right, like just base it off the starting fives of each team, talent-wise, I just don't think there's any team that could beat UCLA. But coaching goes well? Uh, maybe depth a little bit. I mean, because you have to go into your bench, right, for any game you play. But at the same time, UCLA does have a lot of freshmen starting. So that's a little asterisk. But, I mean, with their freshman talent, it's they're going to be good. They're going to be really good. Yeah. Lonzo Ball is the real deal. Where do you think Tyler is headed? My gut. My gut tells me it's Arizona. Uh, like my total gut feeling. Me Arizona. He's gonna do you like that. Yeah, I mean, but he's he's from Arizona, right? So I can't. It like it's. He's from Arizona. Yeah, he's from Arizona. Like that's where his grandma lives. Like that's where his, I don't know if it's near Tucson or Phoenix or wherever it is, but he's from Arizona. So if if he stays with that, like that's it's like his home ish, you know. Um, but we have all his teammates. We do, we do, which is why it's it's. This is like this is the thing that I hate the most. Two weeks ago, he tweeted out a picture of him in a Cal jersey. I believe it's probably one he took when he was here in his unofficial visit. You know the ones that you see recruits do, mm-hmm. um, and he tweeted that out with you know emoticons where it's like you know rubbing the chin. He says decisions, and he tagged his two AAU teammates, Jamal Baker and Jawan Harris Dyson, who are both Cal commits, um, in that photo. So I saw that two weeks ago when I went, and apparently that was right after his. Cal visit. And the fact that he didn't do that for any of his other schools, very cryptic, to say the least, right? This would be the worst tease in the world, like, as a Cal fan. Like, he puts that up. Like, him wearing a Cal jersey or holding a Cal basketball. And then he, like, commits elsewhere. I've been, like, refreshing all the Cal, like, message boards. Like, this, like, today. Just in the morning, seeing if there's anything, like, people knew. There's been nothing. Like, he's been, it's been tight, like, lip-sealed. So, this could be a, this could, this, the it's worst, good. the worst possible week this week would be is if we lose to Oregon in football and he commits to Oregon. <laughs> like, that would be the worst week of Cal and Oregon this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. No. 
You know, but the basketball side is still looking up. I mean, we're still in the running for five-star uh, small forward Troy Brown. We're apparently still in the top ten for uh, uh, Trev- Trayvon, Trevin or Trayvon, I don't know how to say his first name, Duval, who is the number one, uh, arguably the number one prospect in the country and the best point guard in the country in the 2017 class. I, apparently we're still in his top ten. So, yeah, that's still some... High power. I mean, look at this. I, you saw you saw my tweet from last night. I was going over some tape and I was just doing the recruiting stuff and I, I did that cal- I you know figured out like how many scholarships we have, like who's leaving, who's not. Yeah, we have six scholarships, right, available next year if Ivan leaves as well. We only have two committed right now, and there's there's not any talk of like any other targets we're going after in terms of twenty seventeen guys. So, is is this going to be another one of those Jalen situations? Like, last minute, like, five-star guy commits? Like, we were working behind the scenes and no one knew about it? Like, could it be that? Uh, could it be a monster class that we weren't expecting? I, I sure hope so. <laughs> Basketball's, basketball, uh, just for people to know, basketball does start in a couple weeks. They have their first exhibition game, so this game won't count, Right? So I believe we will see Marcus Lee suit up um, because since it's not an official game, you know, he can suit up against a, uh, oh boy, I can't remember what the team name is, uh, some Cal, Cal State School, um, but yeah, it's an exhibition game here in Berkeley on November 3rd, and they haven't announced the time yet, but mark your calendars if you want to see Cal basketball men's play. November 3rd. Usually after those types of games is when they do like the autograph stuff, like after the game. So if you want to come get your things autographed by the players and get any pictures and stuff, that's usually when they do it, right after the, the first exhibition game. So you got that, right? That pretty much wraps it up for us here. Um, and if you're listening to this, uh, right after we're done closing here, uh, it will lead into an interview we have with uh, James Coe, who is a fantasy football guru. Uh, he runs the NFL Live Fantasy Football podcast and is on TV uh, for NFL Network. Um, he is a Cal grad. Uh, we asked him to come on the show. He was, you know, thankfully said yes. Uh, so we have him next in this segment. So if you guys could hold on, listen, uh, enjoy. Uh, we asked him all about his. Cal life, uh, Cal football guys and their prospects and, you know, their futures in the NFL. And of course, um, just some of his best Cal football memories while at Cal and whether he still hates Stanford as much as he did in his youth. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, yeah. So take a listen. Um, and that's it for us, uh, as, but from us as always go bears, go bears. And welcome to our special edition segment of the Golden Blogs podcast, the Bearcast. I'm here with NFL Network fantasy football guru, Mr. James Coe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are a guru in our minds. I mean, all the all of us that play fantasy football. I mean, any of you guys that that give us advice and we look to you guys, you guys are gurus to us. Um, well, I appreciate it, man. No, I'm uh, forget about all that. I'm super excited. I was I've been waiting like years. <laughs> I've been waiting like seven years to get onto this uh, to get onto this blog, so I'm like I'm super pumped. Yeah, I, I mean, 
if we had known about this earlier, we could have gotten you on a lot earlier. But I mean, there was just we, there was just no communication there. Uh, but this is awesome. Uh, so I mean, tell me about yourself. Uh, how did you get into NFL Network? You know, doing fantasy football for a living. You know, where did that come from? Well, so I've been working in television now for oh gosh, almost uh, almost ten years, probably like eight or nine. But I, I actually started my career. Um, I wanted to do sports, right? But like I started my television career, anyways um doing news so uh i kind of came up through the ranks uh, i went like bakersfield san diego uh i worked locally here in la at uh, fox 11 and then from there i, I transitioned uh full-time to sports when i was in Fo- when i was at fox i was a weekend sports anchor um but uh for the nfl network they they had an opening for like a fantasy guy they didn't know if i could do fantasy i just went in and it was funny, like when I first got that interview, the guy told me, he's like, look, this is not an interview. Just FYI, not an interview. It's a meet and greet. I know your agent from like, you know, 20 years. So, you know, as a courtesy to her, I'm just going to bring you in. We're just going to chat. We started talking, blah, 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 blah. And then um, and then he's just like, he's like, wow, you really uh, he's like, you really know your stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I do. I've been playing fantasy for like 20 years almost. Um, and he's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then like, I don't know, man. Like, and then it's just weird. Like this, this thing that was a meet and greet turned into a job interview. And then all of a sudden I started meeting other executives, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, three months later I'm, I'm, I'm at the network. So, um, I was excited to say the least. I was really, really pumped. How crazy is it to go from a guy just playing fantasy football to giving people advice about it? Man, I mean, even five years ago, if you told me that I would get paid to talk about fantasy football, <laughs> I would have said there's no way. Like, I mean, maybe like as a writer, okay, fine, I could see that. But mm-hmm. like going on television and talking about fantasy football and getting paid to do it, that's just – it's mind-boggling even today – um, so man, let me tell you every single day, I definitely absolutely appreciate where I'm at. That's, that's, I mean, that's, I think for all guys that play fantasy football, it's like a, it's like a dream job, right? I mean, you're, you're basically being paid to do what you love and it translated in both ways. So, I mean, that's, that's really awesome to hear. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about fantasy football stuff later, but for now, you know, let's, let's go into your time at Cal. You know, what was it like? What era were you there? Were you in the Tedford era or were you a little bit before? You were here during the Tedford. I was, well, I was there originally with the Tom Homo debacle. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> but, yeah, that didn't turn out too good. Um, but, no, I was there for the, uh, the my last couple of seasons there. I was uh, I was there for, for Tedford and we saw the turnaround and everything. So it was cool. Um, uh, so I was I graduated uh, in 2002. Uh, actually, technically, I graduated in 2003, but whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who's counting? On that extended program. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I got to see I got to see Tedford. And, and for the people who came in with me, though, man, it was, like, so gratifying, right? Because, like, the Homo thing was just a mess. It was so bad. Um, we couldn't score points. Um, the defense was great. You know, we had a lot of guys who ended up being, like, like defensive pro bowlers in the NFL, Andre Carter comes to mind, right? But, like, just couldn't get it done on the offensive end. And, and I mean, I know everyone says, oh, defense wins championships. Oh, yeah, that's great and all, but, like, it's not a 
uh, it's not a fan-friendly product when you are when your defense is literally scoring more points than your offense. Um, and so, yeah, it was frustrating, and especially losing all those big games, uh, just the bad coaching and blah blah blah. So yeah, when we finally got Tedford, I mean, it was a breath of fresh air. I, I mean, I remember the first game, first home game, he comes through, and I, I think it was a, I think it was a flea flicker for touchdown. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was, was it was like a. And I was like, holy hell, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he came on and he t- literally turned around the program. I mean, I was there, uh, my freshman year was 2007, so that was the, that, that was a, I mean, high, high talk about highs and lows in a single season. <laughs> uh, but, right. yeah, I mean, so, you know, you were there during Homo, you were there towards the uh, beginning of Tedford's era, right. you know, what are your favorite, during school, what was your favorite places to go on campus? Where, where did you spend most of your time? Um, well, I was in a fraternity too. So, um, my friends and I, <clears throat> we restarted the Sigma Phi fraternity there at, at, um, at Cal. That was like a big, uh, time suck for us. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, when you get to start something from the ground up, it was cool. Um, I was also a mic man. Oh, wow. So, Did not know uh, that. Yeah. I was the, uh, the first Asian mic man ever at Cal, uh, which was cool. I, and, and, and actually I, I kind of, um, I don't know, like I, I broke, a lot of molds, I guess. I mean, forget about being the first Asian dude, whatever, whatever. There's so many Asian people. Is it bound to happen, <laughs> right? Yeah. But um, but I was the first, so that was cool. Um, I also helped uh, bring in the first female mic man, which is great. Um, wow. The dark blue shirts that you guys see now, like that was a thing that I pushed for big time because before that we had lighter blue shirts, which when I became mic man, I was like, this doesn't make any sense, guys. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Like when we play UCLA, this is massively confusing. Um, anyway, so I, I brought that in, uh, much to, I think my, uh, my program director chagrin, she didn't like change and, uh, and I was always trying to change some things, but, um, but yeah, so, but no, it was cool. So I was a mic man. I did that thing and, um, I did my fraternity and between school, which I didn't do very well in and, uh, <laughs> playing rec league sports at the rec center. I, yes, I, of course. Oh, that, that's basically life. <laughs> Do you still have any favorite restaurants that you you think about? You know, when when you think about your college experience at Cal. You know what? When I think about when I think about college food, it's like it was shocking how cheap it was. Like especially because I live in LA now, right? So like, dude, you can't get like these organic microgreen salads and shit. Like it, it's not like like that stuff is like nine bucks for like something that's like the size of a cup, right? So like, I think about like college food, and I'm like, holy hell, it was cheap. And I didn't really appreciate that at the time because I'm I'm there on my parents' dime. So I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever, five bucks, six bucks, who cares? But, like, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, whenever we would eat, it was, you know, we would hit up. Um, we lived on the uh, the Asian food court. Uh, what do you call it? Transport. Yes, is what they call it. They call it yeah. Like, yeah, Asian, Asian ghetto. Uh, CQ, then, uh, actual, uh, yeah, yeah, the Asian ghetto. That's what it was. Uh, I was preferential to uh, Fat Slice uh, as opposed to Blondie's. But okay. I don't know. Uh, do both of those exist now? They still do exist. They still do. Okay, They're okay, still there. I went back, oh gosh, uh, maybe like three years ago, and so much of it has changed. Yeah, it has. So, yeah, so it's a little bit crazy. In terms of, like, bars, I went to, like, you know, Henry's and Blake's. I, I'm pretty sure both of those don't exist in their current form, right? Henry still exists. You're talking about the one inside Hotel Durant. That's Henry's. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I think so. Yeah. What, which one? I went to Blake's. I don't think Blake's. Blake's. Does that exist? 
it still exists, but it's under different ownership and a new name. So they call it uh, Pappy's now. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, um, and I do. I went back to Jupiter's too. So we. Used to, okay. Yeah. My friends and I used to go to Jupiter's all the time. Play, play pool, little shuffleboard. So that that was our spot. That that yeah, that's a good spot. That's definitely a good spot. Hey, um, yeah, I guess I guess the the standards are similar regardless of the times. As long as it's been within you know a certain amount of time, it's everyone's going to the same places. I mean, I we're still going to Fat Slice, we're still going to Blondies, still going to Top Top Dog. You know, everyone's got everyone has the same thing. Oh my gosh, the La Burrita <laughs> Salsa though. Yes. No joke. I mean, <laughs> the burritos themselves are kind of like yeah, whatever. Like, especially now that I've had so much, you know, so many more burritos in my life. But, like, so, so the burritos themselves were kind of whatevers. But the salsa, still legit. Yeah. Still legit. Yeah, everyone, I, I still love going there just to get a bag of chips and just stack up on salsa. Get, like, five or oh, six. Crushing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Absolutely crushing the salsa. <laughs> that is the way to go. Um, all right, let's go, let's go dive back to some uh, football talk. Have you been watching a lot of Cal football this season? Yes, uh, yeah, I've actually yeah. watched a like shocking amount of Cal football um, <laughs> this year, and and the reason I say that is, so I work on the Sunday morning show um, for Fantasy uh-huh. on NFL Red Zone Channel, and uh, it's the morning show, right? So like I actually have to get up at like four a.m. Um, but all these damn games they schedule them for like seven thirty, yeah. and then of course like you know with Sonny Dyke's offense like it's a pass every down, so like the games get extended so long, um, it's crazy. And and this is the other thing, freaking cardiac cow man, like every <laughs> game is absurd. Yeah, like the game's close, every game's tight. Like I'm just like I don't. I can't go to bed. It's ridiculous. So yeah, man. Uh, but no, I, I've, I've actually watched a shocking amount of uh, of Cal games this season because also my, my TV provider uh, finally got Pac-12 Network available. So uh, nice. That yeah. I mean, at least you're not on the East Coast. I mean, I know I know guys. You know, like former kicker David Seawright, who lives in Washington D.C. He's he's up to like two a.m. watching these games, you know. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely, uh, but you know, watching watching Cal football this year, any surprises, any disappointments that you just from this season that you've seen? Um, you know what? They're a lot better than I thought they were going to be. I, I really came into the season thinking this is a three win ball club. Um, they've played a lot better, especially on the defensive end. I cannot tell you how shocked I was by the the Utah game. That was just, I, I mean, mind-boggling. <laughs> I, I thought they were going to get trounced. Um, if there's anything Cal struggles with, right, it's like uh, defending the run. And, and what does Utah like doing? They like running the ball. So, like, uh, especially in, 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 a, in a ball control, time control offense like Utah runs, um, I just thought we had no chance. Um, but I, I'll tell you who I've been the most surprised with is Chad Hansen. Holy hell. He is freaking good. And I didn't know about him at all. As a matter of fact, and, and like that was the thing, I was like, am I just like not up on Cal football? So like <laughs> I go back and I read about all these guys and like I look at all these preseason uh, articles. Like, I mean, Chad Hansen's there, but like nobody was talking about Chad Hansen like this, man. Like he is legitimately a good player. Like, He's not a system guy. He's freaking good. 
Yeah, I mean, the you know the everyone talks about our wide receiver class from last year who played with Jared, and then you come into this season and it's just a question mark all across the board. Now you have a guy like Chad Hansen, who arguably one of the best wide receivers in the country. You know, so it's it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy to see like how he goes from a walk on from from a Division two school and then is arguably the top five wide receiver in the country. Like it's. I mean, from from what I've seen, the you know, and I've and I've broken down his tape quite a bit, but like you know, the footwork is great. Um, his ability to get off press coverage is really really impressive. And obviously, look, we know about the hands, but the body control is is special. But I mean, just the work. I mean, look, he's not a burner. Um, but the work that he's able to do uh, off of off of press, and then obviously his his knowledge of the offense, and um, you know finding soft spots in the zone. So it doesn't matter what coverage you roll out against that guy; he's gonna he's gonna succeed. It's just a matter of getting him the ball. And and obviously uh, on the sideline, he's a special character as well. So I'm just look, man. I am really really excited about. Uh, Chad Hansen, not only for this season, but but also when he gets into the pros, I think he'll be I think he'll be really good. Yeah, I mean, a lot of us who have watched him play, you know, have have said his biggest attribute for becoming a pro is that he's able to do everything a wide receiver can do. Like he, the the crazier part is he can block and he can catch. So yeah. you have a guy like that, and you turn him out in the screen game like we do, and he blocks, but you don't know if he's gonna just block and then leak out or if he's going to stay blocking for the guy behind him and I mean I think all of us are amazed when we when we're here watching games from the box I mean we're we're stunned at how good that guy is yeah it's he's really really good um at the pro level uh I, I, I'm getting too deep in the weeds here but <laughs> I'm a fantasy guy but whatever uh but from a pro level like he'll still be a later round draft pick yeah uh, because of the speed uh and I have no idea what his 40 time is but just watching him eyeballing him I mean I I would be shocked if he ran in the low four fives but he'll probably be a four six guy um and but if he can get into the four fives then we'll see his stock uh his his draft stock rise but um but yeah he'll be a later round guy fourth fifth round for sure um but but yeah i just i like his projections in the pros if he gets into the right system he's going to be a game changer for sure yeah that's the big question mark we have all now right because he is he is eligible to declare for the draft after this season since he is a redshirt sophomore, so oh, there's no way he's coming back, dude. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, as a Cal fan, sure, it'd be yeah. Him, but there's just no way. I mean, there's gonna there, we're gonna have another quarterback change, uh, likely quarterback change next year. Um, uh, you know, he's having an, a, a remarkable season. The stats are there. You know, the game tape is there. I, I don't know. I, I don't see him coming back. I don't. I don't see why he would. As a matter of fact, either. So yeah. Yeah, we talked about how cardiac Cal has been this year. How just generally, how has your heart held up this season? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been a. I mean, it, look, here's the thing. It's been a lot of fun, um, and I think I wasn't expecting that coming into this year. I, I was expecting more of what we saw two years ago when we were just getting manhandled and you know it wasn't it's not fun football to see that right so like i was expecting more along those lines been putting a lot of points on the board obviously but like that game we saw against san diego state like i just thought that was going to be every single week like okay guys are going to run for 200 300 yards on us every single week um i don't know what happened after that san diego state game but 
I don't know, they, they shored up their defense a bit, uh, so it's not quite as bad. It's still not great, obviously, but um, but the, the offense has obviously done its part in terms of carrying the load, uh, keeping opposing offenses off the field. Uh, so that's helped a lot. But, but man, it has been a lot more fun uh, watching this team than I thought it was going to be. Um, so obviously the wins help, uh, mm-hmm. especially. I mean, here's the thing. Can we figure out what Cal team we're going to get on a week-to-week basis? Because we beat... A, a, a top 15 program uh, in Texas. We beat a top 15 program in Utah. Uh, but then we just get, I mean, just shelled by San Diego State. I, I don't know what to make of this team. So, but well, yeah, it, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, it's a win one, lose one game right now, right? That's how, that's how we're going. So, as it stands, we'll beat Oregon on Friday, then we'll lose at SC next week, and then we'll somehow beat Washington at home only to lose to. S- lose to Washington State, you know, and that, that's how that's how it's going to go. It's, I don't know, man. I, I mean, obviously, I, I don't think I don't think we have the personnel to beat USC. I think UCLA is a winnable game, obviously. Um, Oregon's obviously winnable. Washington just is like, holy hell, they're good. Yeah, I just don't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Washington State is better, too, but, man, that is going to be a crazy, crazy game. I'm trying to think about what, what's the over under on on number of passes in that game like 90? Is will it, we'll get there. we'll get close. We'll get close. I mean, we'll be uh, we'll be north of 80, that's for sure. It it could it could push 100 in my opinion. It could it could Absolutely. get there. I mean, that's what happened with Goff and Goff and Holiday. They threw what right. like 48 and 52 or something like that something or ridiculous. yeah, something ridiculous. So yeah. That that could happen. All right, uh let's you know, backtrack a little bit. Look at bigger, bigger picture. Sonny Dykes' era when he took over for Tedford, uh, year four. Uh, yeah, year four now. Um, what do you What do you make sense of this era at Cal with with the air raid offense? Well, um, look, I, w- I wouldn't be I wouldn't be totally honest if I said I was happy with it. Um, I don't know. In a lot of ways, the program's taken a step back and in some particular ways that the program's taking a step forward i mean i get that cal is you know kind of that um it's a good solid program uh, but you know attracting top level coaching talent is going to be tough especially because it's a public school and um the money's just not there for the assistant coaches so that part i get uh i just think it's like i said it's no fun watching your team get uh be unprepared uh on defense and have a gimmicky type offense that, you know, quite frankly, if somebody figures it out, it's no good. So, uh, I don't know. For me, I, I like to see a lot more balance. Uh, and obviously, we kind of came up and, and got spoiled with what Tedford was, except for the one we I just like amazingly unfair Tedford, too, because he really brought this program from just the basement. Um, was able to get some stadium refunding done, which no coach had done before. Um, and then what, what was the total kick in the nuts is that the year he gets fired, he's got a guy like Jared Goff, who is just the perfect quarterback uh, for Jeff Tedford's system. So, But no, I mean, the Sonny Dykes thing, man, I don't know. Um, like I said, this was the year where I said, okay, if if Cal is um, as good or better than they were last year, you know, I, I won't be quite as angry <laughs> about life. 
uh, and they have proven that thus far. So it's been cool. But uh, but overall, I just I can't handle the fact that our defense is this bad. Uh, and again, the gimmick offense to me is. I don't know. Sometimes it's great, but most of the time it's just awful to watch. So I don't know. I, I've been relatively negative about uh, about the Sunny Dykes era, and, and I know a lot of alums have been as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I tell you what really just turned me off was this off season was was when he his he or his agent or whatever was shopping his name around. I'm like, cool, go for it, you know. But like, I, I don't know. Don't leverage that to try to get a contract extension from Cal, which he ultimately did, which I thought was a horrible, horrible mistake from Cal's part, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think that really turned me off too. You know, I mean, we're talking about a guy who, um, with the number one overall pick last year, won what, six games or something. So, I mean, it's not really that impressive, you know, and, and we're talking about two of maybe the worst Cal seasons I've ever witnessed ever. Um, when he first started his, his campaign at Cal. So I don't know. That's that's kind of my overarching, you know, feeling about Sonny Dykes is, I guess, like relatively negative. But um, being a Cal guy uh, and seeing some, you know, exciting games this year, I, I'm, I'm willing and open to giving him a chance for sure. Do you watch a lot of uh, basketball as well or not, none at all? or Not so much now. Um, I don't know. The, the, the whole Ben Braun thing was, was difficult to watch. I mean, I liked the, uh, I liked the players. I thought they had some very exciting players, especially when I was there. Um, you know, I think about like Joe ship or whatever, uh, raining threes or whatever it was, but I don't know. Overall, I haven't watched too much last year. I tried to get in a little bit more. Um, but man, injuries were a problem for that team for sure. Uh, I know I was expecting them to do, I mean, everyone was expecting them to do way better in the tournament, but you know, you can't really, um, you can't coach around the, uh, uh, around injuries. So I don't know. I I don't know. I I think, I think the Cal basketball is a team on the rise for sure. I like the coaching hire. I as a matter of fact, I love the coaching hire. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. Like in, in comparison to how Sonny's running the football program, with what Conzo's done in two years, I mean, can you speak to any of that? Which, yeah, which... man. I mean, I mean, come on, dude. If you're not, <laughs> if you're, if you didn't think that Cal hit an absolute home run getting Martin uh, from Tennessee, I don't know what's wrong with you, man. It's like Cal's not a de- again. Cal is not a desirable destination for uh, premier coaching talent um, for all the reasons I laid out before, but. Kwanzaa is doing an awesome job recruiting, obviously. I mean, how the hell do we get these recruits, man? Like, the, we got these. Um, I think this is this is a team that's definitely on the rise. Um, and success, especially in basketball, begets more success. Um, I think the pack is a relatively wide-open conference in terms of basketball year in, year out. There's no, There's no, like powerhouses in the conference at all. I, I, I imagine Cal's going to be right there. Um, you know, every single year that Kwanzaa's there, I, I, I would expect Cal's going to be one of the top two or three programs uh, uh, in the conference for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us are kind of at that point of, all right, basketball season starts in a couple of weeks. Let's get that going. <laughs> like we, <laughs> at least that won't be as cardiac as our football season has gone so far. Oh, good, so. good luck with that though. I mean, <laughs> On, dude. Nobody cares about early season, you know, NCAA basketball. It's just, <laughs> it's true. It just doesn't yeah. matter. 
hell? Yeah. It's like, come on, dude. We're getting, we're especially because where we are, where where we are with the football season, like approaching the, we're halfway done now, basically. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's like, come on, dude. I, I mean, unless the <laughs> wheels completely fall off Cal's football season, which is totally possible. It's totally possible. But, <laughs> it's, it's totally possible. Absolutely totally possible. Uh, then I, I basketball is going to have to take a back seat until you know February. All right, uh, let's go back to football. You have any favorite Cal football players throughout your time, or that you've loved watching? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I know. Uh, I think most folks my age, I'm in my mid 30s, like you know, obviously you're going to remember the Marshawn Lynches and the Deshaun Jacksons of the world. And don't get me wrong, I love those guys. Like I want to name my kid Marshawn. <laughs> Um, I'm wearing one of his shirts. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, but that being said, you know, you know who was like a low key one of the most exciting players ever was Delta O'Neill. Like, wow. I know he didn't quite translate that well in the pros, but man, when he was at Cal, like there was nobody more exciting uh, in football for a Cal fan than Delta O'Neill in, in the late '90s. It was awesome to watch that guy play. <laughs> Well, that's, I did not expect that. That was an unexpected player. Uh. <laughs> I'm telling you, no, because honestly, I, I think there was there were games, and again, we talk about how bad the Homo era was. There were games where literally Delta O'Neill scored more points than the rest of the offense combined. <laughs> I mean. That's no joke. Like we, like I, 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 I'd have to go back to the certain box scores to go look. Yeah. But like, no, like legitimately, it was both of the extra point, and we blew you know, team. <laughs> wow. All right. That's that. There it is. James Coe's favorite player, <laughs> Delta O'Neill. Um, I guess go, just branching off of that. Do you have any? Is your fondest Cal football memory? Like, is there a particular game or moment that you just? Um. Yeah, there was there were two games in particular. Um, you know, I remember that uh, you know 2002 when we broke through. We had Tedford for the first time, and um, and we broke through in the big game. I think we had lost. Uh, I think we lost seven in a row, and yeah. like the, the last few games under Homo were just awful. But um, but yeah, when 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 Tedford came through and we finally broke through, and I, and I know we were. I think we were favored in that game for like the first time in a decade or something. Um, that was particularly satisfying, especially cause it was my senior year and we had gone through all the, you know, trials and tribulations, but I, I felt like that 2005 team, uh, where we had, uh, I think it was Joe Ayub was our, was our quarterback. Yeah. You might. But, yep. But then in, in the big game, I, I think we had like a converted full Steve Levy. <laughs> was the quarterback in the big game because I think everyone had been hurt or something. And he was a converted fullback. And I and I, I was telling my I was telling my friend, because my friend was like, dude, we got no chance. We got a fullback <laughs> up there at at, uh, at quarterback, dude. I'm like, I don't know, man. Something about Cal, uh this team is they're just tough as hell and I'm I'm down. I'm I, I don't even know who the hell Steve Levy is, <laughs> but I'm down. And I was like, I'm down mostly because I'd rather have that guy who who has nothing to lose than than running Joe Ayub out there who is who just looked shell shocked um that year. So I was just like give me give me this random Steve Levy guy and let's just run it with Marshawn a million times and just win this ball game and we did. And that was just that was particularly satisfying because that was a much supposed to be a much closer game. And Cal ended up just, you know, running rough shot on Stanford. Really, really satisfying. Yeah, I mean, 
that 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 was like on the upswing. Like we were we were we were on the rise during those years. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, might are... that might have actually was that. God, tell me it wasn't, but I hope it wasn't. But was that the year that we were like number one in the nation for about two seconds? That was before, that was two thousand seven. You forgot to uh, spike the ball. That was two thousand seven. Oh, yeah, with uh, Kevin Riley against Oregon State, instead oh, of throwing it away, decides to go for the end zone and the faded game. The faded game. Yeah, I believe I believe the correct I believe the correct time was about twelve minutes <laughs> when the entire stadium found out that uh, I think LSU was number one and they had lost and we were number two. <laughs> and about twelve minutes of jubilation where we might be number one for a week. And no, that that came crashing down real fast, real fast. Uh, all right, since you since you cover the NFL and all that, let's talk some Cal players in the NFL. Are we? This is my question. Are we arguably the best talent producing NFL talent producing school in terms of top uh, level talent? Yeah, I mean we're the, we're hundred. I mean you can't even argue we're in the top five. I mean, yeah, that's not even. It's not even. You, you can't even argue that. Um, and that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird because like, you know, U.S. got bad, um, but I think Florida schools, right? So like Miami's produced a lot. Um, Florida state has produced a good amount, but yeah, I mean, an argument can certainly be made. I mean, cause what, what other program do you have guys like Aaron Rodgers, Marshawn Lynch? I mean, we're talking about brand name guys, Deshaun Jackson, uh, brand name players, um, all coming out around the exact same time and all being, you know, hugely successful uh, in the NFL. So, I, yeah, I mean, I think a, I think a case can certainly be made. I'll tell you what has been the most shocking thing for me. It's like how good have the running backs been that have come out of Cal? Like, I mean, I think yep. about like, okay, Justin Forsett was, I mean, obviously he's, you know, kind of taking a backseat this year, but but Justin Forsett was this random guy. Like C.J. Anderson wasn't even a freaking starter uh, at Cal, and and he was he's out here in the NFL um, doing things. So I mean, I liked C.J. Anderson when he was at school, but you know he was splitting time with like E.C. Sofele or something. So yeah. it's like, like if if he's like splitting reps with E.C. Sofele, like how's this guy gonna be in the NFL? But he's looked good too. So. I think that's been the most shocking part is the fact that we're like tailback you all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, we we tracked back the lineage like you know of over like the last day we started with JJ Arrington, we moved yeah. on to Marshawn, then we moved up. We had Javid in the NFL for a little bit, and Shane right. Vereen and CJ now, and and it, it's the the line is insane. <laughs> I mean, I think it comes to an end now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I will say this, man, Muhammad actually has the um, the athletic traits. I don't know if he's an actually good football player, but he certainly has the athletic traits uh, to be an interesting player in the NFL. His speed back, his pure. I mean, yeah. he's he's exactly. Cal Cal Sprinter too. Right. No, you know? no, I know exactly. All right, um, we can't can't skip over this golf. The great Goffsby, what is going on? I I think that's the question on everyone's mind, right? I mean, you're living in L. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. We want him. I think everyone wants him. I mean, you're living in L.A. now, you know, right where the Rams are. I. Yeah. What do you think the deal is? What with him? Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm happy that he's not playing. 
Honestly, um, I think what we've seen, it's, look, the Rams have been relatively successful in terms of their win-loss record, but anybody with, you know, two eyeballs, anyone with one eyeball, anyone who can read Braille (laughs) will know that the Rams' offense is atrocious. It's absolutely atrocious. And And I'm actually really happy that Jared Goff didn't get on the field because if he got on the field and the Rams' offense looked this bad, what instantaneously the narrative is, oh, Jared Goff is the problem. And that's immediately the narrative. I think the fact that the Rams' offenses look just bloody awful, um, I think speaks to the fact that they don't have depth at almost any position. Um, their quarterback play is obviously below the league average. Their wide receivers are just, I mean... I don't even, I don't know if Kenny Britt or Brian Quick uh, Kenny Britt I don't know if Kenny Britt or Brian Quick would make another NFL roster like that's how substandard uh, they are so I don't, I don't know man like and obviously even Todd Gurley who is like a legit NFL talent he's looked terrible he's looked horrible. He's got I don't I forgot at last check but I think he's like running at like a 3.5 yards per carry clip. That's terrible, man. You know what I mean? Like so clearly this offense has issues. So I'm actually glad that Jared Goff is not in there A getting brutalized um and then B not taking the blame for uh what is a team-wide issue. So I'm cool with it, man. Like, honestly, and and like, quite frankly, like he needs the time to unlearn some of the stuff that he learned from Sonny Dykes. Look, you know, what was really funny when you watched quarter, uh, Gruden's quarterback camp. Yeah. Gruden didn't say it, but you could tell he thought Sonny Dykes' system was absolutely asinine. (laughs) Um, Because there are. And Gruden talked about it. He's like, so let me get this straight. There are plays, designed plays, where they're just all coming up. It's like, yeah. And it's just deep in his head coming off the hinges. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so I think, like, you know, I, I think the fact that Goff is so tough and, like, stands in there and just takes brutal hits. Like, okay, that's cool in college when you're getting hit by, like, you know, a 205-pound linebacker. But, like, you know, when – Elvis Doomerville is coming down your throat. You can't do that and live. So, <laughs> um, you know, or if like, you know, uh, you know, all these guys, uh, there's so many great NFL linebackers, but like, you know, oh yeah, like Luke Keekley is going to come down and like hit you square in the chest and you're going to get up fine. No, you're not. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, I think he has to unlearn some of those things and obviously he needs to learn footwork uh, coming out from under center. So I'm, I'm cool with it. And, and like I said, I think, uh, the one thing that I thought about golf, he can make every throw. There's just no question in my mind. Um, he's got great accuracy when he sets his feet and has time. Uh, that that's what we saw. But uh, if there's one thing, and this is a, this is a symptom of a lot of young quarterbacks, he doesn't really make great reads, right? So like the fact that he had one, maybe two reads at most in, uh, you know, in, in a typical pass play, it's not great. You know what I mean? Like, um, and especially with the way play designs are too, uh, in the NFL, what you'll see is a lot of like receivers doing, doing this, right. So like 
you're making almost two reads at once, right? But like in Sonny Dykes' system, that's not it doesn't really work like that. You run you run a lot of screen passes, and there's also a lot of isolation. So like you'll see like guys being isolated, and if that guy's isolated one on one, the quarterback is just like, all right, cool, I'm just gonna go there, right? So like the, the play there's not play designs like that and are not as common in the NFL. Um, so I think he ha- he has to learn some of these concepts a little bit better too. Um, I don't know, man. I, I mean, you can speak to this better than I can, but uh, the games that I saw golf play, um, and he just, just locked in on one wide receiver. There was a lot of games like that. Um, and they would put up big numbers, but it's not, that's not the right way to play in the NFL. So, um, I think he needs to break himself of that habit. And once he does that and learns footwork, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that, you know, for us that aren't Rams fans and aren't golf haters are basically saying that O-line's terrible. Like, you invested how many picks into getting this guy and, you know, you roll him out there. If he gets injured, I mean, that's that's a pretty surefire way of losing your investment. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and here's my other thing. Everyone's like, oh, he looked terrible in the, in the preseason. He looked terrible in the preseason. I'm like, bro, we just talked about how Brian, their starting wide receivers are not NFL caliber players. Yeah, I mean Tim Kyle, playing, Tim Kyle Kami said it with too. Their backups. Yeah, he's playing with their backups. <laughs> like, so how bad are these guys? And on top of that, he's not playing. He's not playing with Todd Gurley. Listen, yeah. I guarantee you, you throw him out there with Todd Gurley, he's going to make a lot more throws. You know why? Because there's eight, nine guys in the box. We got single coverage on the outside. Like, you're telling me Goff can't make that throw? Yes, he can. Yes, he absolutely can. So, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, everyone talking about golf in the preseason looking bad, and I get it. He did. He looked terrible. He did. Being said, dude, this is not – he's not playing with NFL-caliber players. Um, you know, I, and I get that he, the Rams' second string are going against, you know, the second string, third string guys of other opposing defense. That's fine. But, dude, come <laughs> on, on, man. Yeah, I mean like, – yeah, I mean, for me, like I, I looked up, I just he the the poor guy running out was where just I mean, I looked up uh, what's it? Uh, oh, geez, um, Brian uh, McNabb, Donovan McNabb's uh, first first season in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Those statistics are abysmal. Oh, sure. <laughs> like, and, yeah, yeah, and people are saying, you know, he's he's already a bust. Yeah, you know, that's that's just for all the haters. I think the one thing I really liked about Jared Goff coming out of school, um, I think the arm talent was there. The accuracy is there. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Those two things are are great. Um, But the other thing that really goes uh, kind of under the radar, like how obsessed with the ball are these guys, right? Um, For me, everything that I've read, everything that I've seen, like, like he doesn't do anything else other than football. Uh, he likes watching Giants baseball, apparently. But yes. other than that, there's nothing, right? Like, so, like, give me that guy. Give me the guy that's just going to live at the gym and live uh, in the film room. And I think that's I think that's him. And obviously, he's a really smart guy, too. Uh, so, yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'll take that all day. I, I, I like the attitude. I like the work ethic. And the talent's there, too. So I think he, he'll be just fine. Um, you know, is it going to be this year? No. Will it be next year? Probably not. 
But I mean, you know, two years from now, you, you'll see heavy improvement. I, I really like what he brings to the table, and I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, I mean, people forget he's still only twenty years old. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. That's the bigger thing. I, um, I guess my final question to you, just uh, this is just a fun one. A buddy, uh, one of my buddies uh, thought up of. Just since you're a fantasy football guy, is it reasonable to have an all cow fantasy football team? <laughs> uh, in a word, no. Uh, I mean, you know, okay, fine. So, like, you go Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Jackson, and this is preseason. Let's say, let's say preseason. Yeah. Now, okay. So, like, coming into the season, you could say, okay, well, I'll draft Keenan Allen, Deshaun Jackson, C.J. Anderson. Uh, Justin Forsett, Shane Vereen. Oh, Shane Vereen. Let's say you went CJ Anderson and Shane Vereen and, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And then you could go Richard Rodgers at tight end. I think, first of all, it's not A. Uh, but B, it's like, you know, and, and then what? Like, I know there's Trevor Davis is out there. Who else is, who else is even out there? Mar- Marvin is Marvin Jones. Actually. Oh, Marvin Jones. Okay. You know what? Deshaun Jackson, Marvin Jones. You know what? That's not bad. That's not bad, actually. Yeah, you're doing pretty good. You actually, you're, you're not doing too bad, actually. So, yeah, so then you would throw Keenan Allen in the flex. Uh, you'd, you'd have a problem at running back a little bit, but you still have problems at running back. I mean, maybe, I don't know, man. Maybe. I, I mean, coming into the season, that's not, that's not a bad roster. Yeah. I mean, right now, it, it definitely isn't, but, um, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you got Deshaun Jackson, Marvin Jones, uh, Keenan Allen's hurt. Yeah. Uh, just, Unfortunately, is a non-factor. C.J. Anderson's losing work to Devontae Booker. Yeah, it's a little bit of a mess. <laughs> yeah, although I do know one person on Twitter that does have an all-Cal fantasy football team. That's just one of their drafts. It was, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw that. That was awesome. That's hilarious. <laughs> I can't imagine he's doing too well. But that's I uh, yeah, not the way with Aaron Rodgers playing the way he does. I mean, if he was doing like the you know, the twenty eight to thirty three points every week, yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't but. know what the hell is wrong with Aaron Rodgers. My wife and I have talked about this ad nauseum. And obviously, <laughs> all the guys at work too. But it's like I don't, I don't understand what the hell's wrong with that guy right now. But I don't know. Hopefully, he gets back on track. He's too busy he's filming those State Farm commercials. It's that's <laughs> I, that's pretty much that's what I think it is. It's the State Farm commercial. He's got. He's been doing it for years, though. So, like I don't know, nothing's changed this off season other than his stupid brother being on that stupid show. Like I don't understand. That's right. That's right. That's right. His brother is on that show. Oh man, yeah. Uh, that's that's all we had prepped for today. Um, this is. I like it. This is awesome. Uh, thank yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, I hope we can do this again. This was, you know, maybe uh, later a little couple, a few more weeks down the road. Uh, you know, once football <laughs> season's wrapped up and you're a little more free. Uh, but what does the timeline look for you? Uh, look like for you? Just to just to wrap up, like it, you know, is when football season's done. Are you? It's like a break for you, or are you starting research for next season? Uh, I mean, football never stops. That that much is sure. Because then once the once and and quite honestly, my season is done January first. Because once I don't follow, the, I mean, I watch the playoffs as a fan, but there's no fantasy implications yeah. other than you know looking ahead or something. But yeah, you know, the draft. There's draft prep, then there's comp, there's combine prep, there's draft prep, then there's the off season in terms of trades. It never really stops. I mean, quite honestly. Um, you know, a little bit of breaking news here, but uh, but I also have a second job as well. But uh, <laughs> uh, and that's as a radio host for the Clippers, 
But oh wow, um, did not know that. Yeah, no, I mean, no one knew that. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Quite honestly, I haven't, I haven't officially announced it yet at all. Uh, there so it is. There, there it is. Yeah, I know. Brick. A little bit of breaking news. Yeah, anyway. awesome. Uh, but yeah, no. Listen, man. Anytime you guys want me back, uh, I will gladly come back. I'm a huge Cal guy. I'm not necessarily that dude that sings fight songs all the time, but um, <laughs> I'm such an owl. Uh, I have long friends her. Every wait, we're still friends, still are stupid and drink and watch games and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've had I had such a great experience there. I, I learned so much about life, about myself, and I think Cal forces you to do that mm-hmm. uh, more than a lot of other schools. So. Um, I like my, my, my kid's middle name is Berkeley for God's sakes. Right. So oh, wow. Like, that, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm all in. I'm all in. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. Anytime I can, you know, um, help Cal, you know, products, Cal related <laughs> products, I'm, I'm all about it. So anytime you guys need me on the blog, um, let me know. Uh, and, uh, and, and I'll be happy to come on. Sweet. Uh, thank you for coming on. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. I like You know it. Why? You tell the story. Why? You tell the whole damn world. This is Bear territory. You know it. Why? You tell the story. Why? You tell the whole damn world. This is Bear territory. You know it. Why? You tell the story. Why? You tell the whole damn world. This is Bear territory. Woo! How good you guys? <laughs>